to Art Witch, the podcast where creativity, magic, and healing align for personal and collective liberation. I'm your host, Zanetta, and welcome. Art Witch aims to provide resources for creative empowerment, helping folks make and share their art, and also find their authentic expression. In this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of artists, witches, and healers, as well as experts in various art industries and related fields, all with the intention of helping folks share their art and their unique magic with the world. Welcome everyone. It's so wonderful to be with you today and especially wonderful to hold this space with my dear friend, Angela Mary Magic, whose work continues to nourish me, support me, and really help me open up to this magical, magical world. Welcome, Angela. Hi, Zanetta, and hi, everybody, all you art witches. I adore this podcast, and I just uh, have to pinch myself in a really happy way that you've invited me on. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to gather with and for your vision. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Angela. For those of you who aren't familiar with Angela's work and community tending and magic, Angela is an amazing deck creator, artist, witch, covenous creatrix across all dimensions of time and space, YouTube content creator, which really doesn't communicate exactly what you bring to this platform. But it's very, very exciting because I've actually been working with Angela's art and magic for at least a year and a half now. And I just received her amazing deck and it's just been such a joy to work with it and to heal with it. Angela, I usually ask folks about their creative mystical journey and how they got up to this point, but you are by far maybe the longest practitioner of magic that I have had the opportunity to have a conversation with and really share space with on this podcast. And that felt like something really, really special, really, really important to honor and just give thanks to you for sharing your magic for so long and really standing in that truth across decades. It's a huge honor. And it's also like my complete purpose and vision as well to be the body for the works to shine through and be received, you know, and that creates that golden thread, that conscious co-creation that moves towards everything that I do, which I call my gargantuan spell, which is to weave with you. And that's anyone that's hearing this, our world consciously, where all are sheltered, fed, and have sovereignty. I have a very uncasual vision and purpose and also deeply rooted in pleasure in the care of each one of us of our own baby self inside 
And so it's a really delicate, daily, constant practice that I would call maybe a lunar-based practice because I love the eight phases of the moon. I also love the eight turns of our wheel of the year. And I just love a daily practice. So creating Moon Baby Magic Tarot, my tarot deck, has that lunar theme to it. It has a beckoning to go on a daily kind of journey with yourself and be very unprecious about it. And also it has a big color magic theory to it as well, because I just think that there's so much about our world that is currently based in unsustainable patterns of supremacy over others. And so all of that is being destroyed right now, capitalism, white supremacy. And so how to endure through those times when inside our baby self just needs that tending, that care, that feeding of optimism and pleasure to have a full development of our brain chemistry, our body chemistry. I mean, it's a really big deal for us to focus on the care of ourselves every day. And so witchcraft and sharing the beauty and power of witchcraft is kind of magical food source and web to exist in a nest to live in. It's inside and out. It's the underworld and it's the outer world. And I just believe so deeply that we can endure through these times, through working through those kind of crafted witch enactments. And so, Zanetta, if it's cool with you, because I always, always begin in my spaces with striking a wooden match and lighting a candle. If that's okay with you, can we do that? And anybody that wants to join in a little candle service while you're enjoying the podcast, is that cool? Yes, please. So I strike this wooden match and light a candle to alert our spirit guides that we're here, we're open, we're listening, and we're ready to receive the messages that are meant for us. And how sweet it is to gather. I just have so much respect for the work that you create. I adore sound. And um, I've got a pretty old refrigerator over here that I can hear in the background. So I don't adore that sound as much, but (laughs) (laughs) we're doing it anyways. You know, I really do love some of those you know, seemingly noise sounds. Airplanes have actually come to mean different things for me, almost like an oracular message. When I hear an airplane and I notice it and I'm in, you know, maybe a specific meditative state or something like that. Yeah. Airplanes, which are seemingly noise, can sometimes really herald a really different message, a really different form of guidance for me now. Maybe it's a little satellite. I've beamed spell intentions into airplanes that have flown over really key, big, dramatic moments in my life and just said, what the hell? Might as well let this moment fly off and move into the world to take shape in the way that it needs to. I'll try anything. It just sounds like your magic is so deeply, deeply interwoven with the senses, with your creativity, with just movement through the world. It's not from necessarily a book and here's this specific spell and let's do it this way, this way, this way, but that it's really this constant interconnectedness that you are channeling 
in your craft practice. I just love that we're interdependent creatures. I think it's one of the best things in life and somehow in the structures of our life and day-to-day world that we know are not sustainable kind of have us questioning that interdependence. But the fact is, is that we are totally interdependent creatures and that lives inside of the way that all of our senses and systems in our body relate to each other. What I take into my mouth, what I take into my ears, what I take into all of this porosity of a body that's aqueous, you know, water goes everywhere. We're a water-based thing. We're mostly water. Everything that we take into our senses goes everywhere in our body. I'm just totally fascinated by that. And I think it's kind of like that microcosmic view of what's happening in this macro meta way. We're just affecting each other. It's just a total fact. One of the things I love so much about sound is the way we yearn to connect with each other, really super specifically with poetry. So another thing in my daily practice is worshiping poems and worshiping poets. And so with my strike of that wooden match and lighting that candle, it's just to say to spirit guides that are always with us, Now I'm here in this animal body. I'm present. They're not beckoned to come to us. They're always Mm -hmm. here. We're just saying we're here. And I love to just kind of soothe myself and enjoy a poem every day. So I have something to share if you're open to that too. Yes, please. The amazing incumbent poet laureate Joy Harjo has a poem that I just adore. And I give you remember remember the sky that you were born under know each of the stars stories remember the moon know who she is remember the sun's birth at dawn that is the strongest point of time remember sundown and the giving away tonight remember your birth how your mother struggled to give you form and breath, your evidence of her life and her mother's and hers. Remember your father. He is your life also. Remember the earth whose skin you are. Red earth, black earth, yellow earth, white earth, brown earth. We are earth. Remember the plants, trees, animal life, who all have their tribes, their families, their histories too. Talk to them. Listen to them. They are alive poems. Remember the wind. Remember her voice. She knows the origin of this universe. Remember, you are all people and all people are you. Remember, you are this universe and this universe is you. Remember, all is in motion, is growing, is you. Remember, language comes from this. Remember the dance language is that life is. 
remember. Oh, thank you, Joy Harjo. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, that was written in 1983 when I graduated from high school. Joy Harjo and I, I would consider to be kind of peers. I was born in 1965 in a really super magical way. And Joy Harjo was born in 1951. They're an amazing poet and just the living embodiment of just the potentiality that art is. It's so interesting that you say that about Joe, because I just, I feel the way that you move and share and connect with community feels much like that embodiment of magic for me. When I see anything, hear anything, get to be in space with anything that you have created or that you are creating, I feel that embodiment so deeply. It livens me, honestly. It wakes up parts of self that are there but are dormant and waiting for the call. <laughs> waiting for the call of the sensual, of the pleasureful. And I'd love to hear about the evolution of your, your magic, your practice, your art, because this has been a deep and quite long journey with these works and this embodiment practice. I'd love to hear about it. It's always just access and access points kind of speak to that chorus. I'm talking about these orifices of our body, how we take things in. There's always these access points, right? And so I guess you could say in like a real basic form, and I think everybody deserves to know that that I'm gathering today from the unseated stolen land of the magical and living Tongva people here in California. And I live where I've always lived, behind the Orange Curtain in Orange County, really intensely conservative and voting bluer and bluer. We used to call it purple because it was going from red to blue, but now we're a solid, solid blue in Orange County. And I live in a very intensely conservative stronghold. And it also is a very working class conservative stronghold. And so I am a working class witch. I've always worked with my hands. I've always utilized my body. And I have no, I guess that privilege of like a formal education past high school beyond my cosmetology license, because that was my ticket out into the world was my cosmetology license. So I'm a trained hairdresser and a lifelong witch. And so I just didn't know how I could survive and endure and feed myself through witchcraft. And so I thought, well, I'll do hair instead. Well, doing hair and working in the field of touching people's body is deep, deep witchcraft and adornment and how we relate visually in the world is total witchcraft. And so, yeah, I've always been a witch. I just believe that laying of hands and that exchange and touching people is so witchcraft. And I haven't been making my living from doing hair for some years now. And that's kind of right on time, but that always underpins everything. Like in my family, I have a big background in being a Catholic family, right? We have Celtic and 
Italian and some Norwegian ancestry. And we only know that through like DNA tests that you can do now. We didn't have any other relatives living in California. So we were our own kind of pod. And that's a lot of brothers and sisters. And I'm the only one in my family that my parents distinctly said, we need a baby. So I don't get into telling their story as much, but it is my origin story that they summoned a baby to help them through a difficult time. And that is me. I'm the only one of the nine of us that that was not in God's plan. And if anybody was raised in a Catholic environment, you've probably heard that terminology before for how to plan your fertility. So they really summoned me and I also am a mother. I've got two teenagers and I very specifically summoned my children with a magic spell. That's different than the summoning that I heard. And it's just been a witch's journey from beyond that timeline of before I inhabited this animal body. So it goes back and back and back. And I'm still just feeling into all that forever because when you're raising teenagers under your roof and they're just have really explosive, expansive, constant becoming energy at all times. I'm just going to just laugh that I use the word becoming, leaving that alone now. <laughs> it's <laughs> radical. And so feeling into multi-timelines and the, the holographic nature of time that what has been, what is now, and what shall be are all happening at the same time is so obvious to me all the time. So, I mean, we could go back and back and just trip out on this and have it be like a little microdose. But that like little Catholic girl in me that my first way of knowing I was a witch was from sitting at the feet of Mary in church because we had such a huge physical group. We took up a whole pew at church because there was 11 of us. And so we were just organized. Like my father was a high school coach and teacher. So he's really about herding and collecting people and putting them places safely. So he's always counting rooms and noticing the exits and rooms. He's like this really organized person in that way. So we always sat at the left of the altar and that's where Mary is, which I just think is totally magical because my father and I are both Libra sons and my dad has this huge love for Mary and that I was brought into that. And so looking up at Mary, I was kind of brought into my relationship with Mary from the hem up. Like I was brought up her legs and into her body through that access place of her physical body and into witchcraft from beyond. It was kind of through Mary's orifices, through up the pillars of her legs like the high priestess in the pillars on either side of the high priestess in the tarot. I was brought into Mary's body through her vagina, into the fecund wild fields that looked like physical fields to me, damp, dewy, beautiful, like the wonderful poet Adrian Rich calls the rose wet cave, brought into witchcraft very physically. And so, yeah, all those Catholic legends and fables and biblical things of talking about Mary being like teen sex Mary, I was like, yeah, you could get pregnant on your own. I got it. I was like, yeah that could be a huge spell. And it 
with beyond those dogmas of the church, because there was so much harmfulness happening all around me. And the timing was a trip too, because it was the sixties and seventies. And so people were doing things in a more wild way. And the area that I was living in was just exploding and expanding because there was no neighborhoods here. So all the neighborhoods were kind of new. So we would have Catholic mass in our living room often. So it was kind of a hippie existence. And so it felt like it could be anything. So it was all pure potential to me. And then as things kind of settled more in that like colonial, gentrifying, settling way um, where I live, you could see more of how the dudes and the bros, that whole big bro thing of the church came in and they became more organized and monetized. So I could feel more of my wildness of my relationship with my spiritual practice being choked off. And I just wasn't able to find the joy and the beauty in those spaces past my childhood. I just couldn't. Yeah. How did that end up morphing, you know, into really identifying it as like, here I am, I'm, I'm into witchcraft or I'm into magic. And, and yet it's funny, even as I'm saying this, I work a lot with Mother Mary. I love her so dearly. And she's such a huge, huge part of my healing journey on this planet. And even as I'm saying that, I'm like, Mary was a damn witch. Like, I just like, <laughs> like I just like, even as I say it, I'm like, Mary was totally co-opted and Mary is and always was a witch and will always be a witch. I love you saying it so boldly because it's something to be proud of. It is something to be proud of. You know, the depth of compassion that I've learned through her, that is not inherent to church on any level. And so I guess my question to refine it a little bit is to ask the shift from church into witchcraft and especially at times when you know witchcraft hasn't been so posh necessarily i'd love to hear about well that. i still get burned at the stake regularly for my witchness inside our community too and outside of our community and i get it being a white middle class middle-aged person particularly with the measurable ways that most white, middle-class, middle-aged ladies are voting and existing in this world inside of witchcraft and out is radically harmful. How could I not address my peers being so, so harmful and the fact that folks have been skeptical of me and my intentions. I get it. I am holding up a mirror for their experiences that they've had with people like me that have been really dangerous, harmful, and continue to be. So when we talk about Mary, for me, Mary's a total shapeshifter. Mary has shown me through that ecstatic, even orgasmic experience of moving into her body and beyond the veils that she inhabits. I almost can't even say she anymore. So they inhabit this Venusian, very Venus, very Lilith, very they of 10,000 names, very wild, radical being 
that is about becoming and unfurling and beckoning us to be about how we're nourishing the roots of our system, how we're dying and letting our old notions slough off our body to become nourishment for the soil that feeds us and shows at the very end of that tendril, the bloom. That's always going to show how healthy the soil is, right? So Mary is radical and wild and alive to me and non-binary and free. So if 2020 started for me with our mutual friend, Edgar Fabian Frias's fabulous spell inside of a binding spell that connects the three of us in the many moons lunar planner from our precious dear friend, Sarah Faith Godestiner, who invited us and paid us for our work, who is an amazing space holder themselves for uh, full moon spells that the three of us all created in the 2020 Many Moons Lunar Planner. So Edgar began January 2020 with their beautiful hydromantic, I like to call it hydromantic, it's hydromancy, the spell enactment that they created. And I created that on my YouTube channel in our worldwide coven space that where we gather on Fridays at 12.30 p.m. Pacific. All are welcome. And also, you know, the full moons, when they don't land on or near a Friday, I'll come on and do a special live for the full moons as well. And lately, I've been creating a more embodied, less about um, the chat and keeping everybody on track and doing the taroscopes. I've been doing more of an embodied radical, wild, crafted spell work for the zodiac signs. So I created a spell on Halloween, but in that space, we created Edgar's beautiful spell. And I was able to access words. My words for 2020 are hyper real and wild and free. And seeing the way that those words have kind of expanded this year have been completely so wild and free and so hyper real. I also feel like it's been really familiar to me too, because having that existence from being a little kid that was that weirdo little kid that just was so in love with being at church so I could be with Mary and loved it even more when mass was at our home, which, you know, I didn't really get that we were poor, you know, we were a poor family and I didn't get it. My mom had altars everywhere. Mama had a big organic garden in the backyard. So the fact that we were having that relationship with the food we were eating and also having big spell works of mass at our home, it's a lot. Just beyond our back fence was a big strawberry and bean field, you know, so there was a farmer that was still working that land. And so there was this huge relationship with taking food from my hand to my open lips and being in a dance with those foods and knowing that it all came from the soil because my mom has an incredible mastery for feeding soil. And so, yeah, I haven't been super disconnected from plants. Once the development was in full tilt boogie all around me in Orange County, though, and you could feel that choking off because of the way things got kind of more organized. You could just see it wasn't sustainable, that there was a divorce from the relationship with the food once we didn't 
have that garden anymore. You could just really feel things changing. So I'm about those systems falling apart and I'm about having more time and space to crawl up Mary's hem again. The more time I spend being with those beautiful captures of tree sounds, the better. I just love the organization of traveling with lunar phases and lunar light because it gives me that beckoning, that invitation, that permission to go through all the phases of laying my burdens down at the new moon, doing that protection and nurturing work on the waxing crescent moon, doing my divination works at the first quarter moon. And as that lunar light grows, we get into that waxing gibbous moon phase. We can calibrate as we start to deal with the enormity of sensations that are moving through our body because lunar light will totally move the waters of your body, the nectars of your body travel by moon tide. And so you better believe the way that you feel for those waxing gibbous moon phases and then the full moon when we celebrate the realities of our life. Celebrate it. Celebrate that you got your heart broken because you're alive. You loved and you felt what it was to lose that love. That's worth celebrating. And so we don't just celebrate, you know, the Pollyanna whitewashing and bypassing of our pain and suffering. The you know, lunar phases beckon us into relating to exactly what's happening in our life. On the waning gibbous moon phase, we sort of have to release our expectations and deal with the deflating of that big balloon of the full moon and what we have to let go of when we were having so much fun celebrating and accepting what we were kind of pulling in because we can harvest a little more on those full moons. But we got to release our expectations. And then we get into that last quarter moon phase where we actively banish and release cutting out, cutting cords and really goosing that experience and moving towards the experience of taking away things that are harming us and facing it. And then our final waning crescent moon phase, the balsamic moon, right before the new moon, where we do our manifesting spells, where we really talk to our body about the visions that we have for our life for our living life. I love that we can go through all of those enactments. So I kind of was called to organize all that inside of my Moon Baby Magic Tarot deck. I refer to us all as Moon Babies. And I celebrated the pure fuckery of 2020 inside this deck. And I didn't kind of see that coming. I put that intention out there with Edgar's spell when I accessed those keywords for 2020, that I would like to write a book of witches brews because I love taking in handmade nourishment in drinkable witches brews. And I saw them as separate. I thought it was going to be a separate witches brew book. And I thought maybe if I was lucky, this deck that I've been developing for the last years was going to come to life. And they all happened at the same time. It just got really, really intense. Enduring became very, very intense. So the deck is a lunar theme and it's also got color magic in it and beckons us to move every day 
into the play space with our baby selves, with our inner child. This is actually a really huge theme in the collective reading I did on this podcast for this week. And it was really interesting. Play was coming through play as play as being this, this experience, right? For yourself, but then it is this powerful echoing magic that you know regardless of whether or not you'll share things or whether or not it will transform into something else it's that liminal creative open curious and yes very pleasurable pleasure filled sensuous element that space of play is so, 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 so sacred. It's so beautiful. It's so sacred. I have the fortune of really being in community with so many children and they follow their intuition instantly. There's no separation between whether or not they should or shouldn't do something and they immerse, they deep dive almost right away. So many of the students that I work with okay, we have to play these three notes and we need to sing about poodles for the next 20 minutes. Like, Zanetta, this is what we're doing. I mean, you just don't know. Yeah. You're you're blind, yeah. but that's okay, Zanetta. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, I'll show you what's the truth. And so it's really interesting. I do actually really feel that shine of play come through the deck. The color magic has just been calling to me so deeply in you know, I channel a lot of meditations and a lot of what I've been working with with your deck is actually channeling meditations specific to the color, especially really going deep with the colors and where they take me and the worlds that they take me to. I would love to hear about how you channeled and selected these colors relative to like the archetypes and the card meanings and oh my gosh there's so many points of access i could dive into i would love to hear about how you wove them together how you selected them like there are moon phases on these cards there are images there are very nuanced and very powerful insightful words that are on these cards. I can't even with the words. I can't even with the words, Angela. <laughs> I'm so glad that makes me happy. So I think it's a lot. There's an enormity. Talk about the gibbous moon phases when you're dealing with expansion and enormity surrounding the full moons. That was a big, big thing that I've been dealing with this year is enormity and how to endure through welling and waxing enormity and deflating and waning enormity. And so I consciously kind of wanted some organization to my life to get through these times well, because our focus in this pandemic that all of us are in together is to stay well, is to be well, is to create more wellness in our physical form that echoes and oscillates out from our body into our household, communities, etc. Our interconnectedness has never been more on display. So having some kind of pace and organization to 
how to get through this was just paramount in all the works that I did. And to be honest with you, I worked with my fabulous friend, Candace Golden, Candace with a K, who is the filmmaker that created the film Edible. And I pitched to them supporting their work by creating like a ritual, a tarot ritual with them. That was a fundraiser for their film, their short film. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, and Candace is also Libra Sun, Gemini Moon, like myself. And so we just had so much fun working together and nobody rides for free. Candace was like, boo, what are you doing? Doing only my stuff. What's going on? Thank you for your support. And it's all great. And I love you. What do you want to be doing? What are you working on over there? And I was like, oh, I got this tarot deck. I kind of was like, just like, yeah, do we really need a white middle-aged lady to be talking about it? But the love and the expansiveness of Candace's magic and their witchcraft Candace, I just couldn't even get away from their gorgeous light that they were shining on the love I have for my own witchcraft and my own practice. And so I was challenged in that way. And there was other like earthly challenges of continuing to create sustainable works to sustain my own practice and my own income. I'm going to move towards that piece. I think most of the people that want to talk about listening to podcasts are here for multi reasons and how to survive, how to thrive, how to create enduring practices that are sustainable is a big deal. I didn't know if it would work or not. I had to create a crowdfunding source in order to make the deck happen. And so it was layers and layers of access points and information. And I haven't been able to see clients one-on-one as much because of the demand and the way that I've had to create a price point for that. That didn't make me feel comfortable. I started feeling really top-heavy, like I could only create tarot one-on-one for a certain level of income. And that was troubling to me. I love working with the fabulous Eliza Swan and serving their beautiful invention and creation called Tarothon. And they do it for different, you know, organizations and spell works in need. And so from doing Tarothon, I was able to see more one-on-one clients and all of the, that was my donated time and all the funds that I received were donated in a pool that Eliza wonderfully created. They did such a great job on your podcast too. It was beautiful to hear Eliza. And so I created a Tarothon as well because Eliza at that point was working you know, bi-coastal, living that bi-coastal life and busy and not able to create another tarothon and said, take these works. I don't own them. I just accessed them. And so my family and I created a tarothon as well. So all my experience in the last year of creating a tarothon, participating in Eliza's tarothons and working with Candace with a K and whispering that I had a tarot deck that I was creating made it so. And I have to be myself through it all too, Zanetta. So I had to be the body for the work for others to learn how it is 
And so I have started a YouTube series called How to Create a Tarot Deck. And part one is up on my channel right now, and I'm editing part two right now. So part one is all about getting yourself organized and creating, you know, access to your magic, being solid in that, understanding tarot, etc. Part two is going to be you know, more the brass tack stuff of crowdfunding. I chose the platform Kickstarter. Color palettes was a big, big deal too that's coming up in part two. So speaking to Moon Baby Magic Tarot, it's underpinned with me not having the time to do one-on-one readings as much and still needing to create income for myself and my family to create sustainable works of magic, right? And also living that truth Yeah, so creating those like ways of living out the magical things that were shining through way back in January 2020 from Edgar's spell, from working Eliza's Tarothon for Earth Justice. I was working that Tarothon physically at the beautiful Open Eye Crystals in LA and Candace with a K was a reader there as well with so many other fabulous folks, including Madre Jaguar, Aaliyah Walston. Oh my goodness, El Hermit was there, Francisco. It was just a beautiful day. Dahlia was there from our Worldwide Coven. Just a beautiful, beautiful, special day. I got readings as well as gave readings that day too. And all of the signs just kept pointing to my voice, even though my peers are harmful, was just as important. And so I just kept quietly working this little deck and realizing how important I think it is to have a deconstructed tarot voice for those, because most people feel like there's such a intricate language to tarot that they don't have the dialect and they don't have the way to jump in. They don't have a way to understand it, that it's elitist. And I can't stand that personally. I can't really understand that either because it's really, first of all, it's reflections of self, right? There's none of these constructs that solely have ownership over this art form and this tool. I do understand that people have certification programs and things like that, but I personally have not ever really resonated that much with that kind of approach with the tarot. This is a tool for dismantling. Yes. At least in the sense of hierarchical systems. Agreed. You know, we all have our experiences. And I dreamt of creating a deck that was easy to use without a guidebook that beckoned us into the experience through modalities that tarot didn't own and no one owns tarot anyways. The power of deconstructing messages is super important to my artwork, my magic. I love queer love, and I had to have rainbows in this deck. There's a double rainbow that explores our own queerness in ourselves. So the major arcana, the first 22 cards, is a complete rainbow. The minor arcana is another complete rainbow because there's 56 of the minor arcana cards. There was more of a range. And so I have the four different suits having the seven different colors of the rainbow traveling through it. So I was able to reimagine the suits as different names and reimagine the order of the suits as well. 
I was really called back to my keywords for 2020, hyper real and wild and free. So the renamed suits in my Moon Baby Magic Tarot are lasers, blades, caves, and waves. And it felt more like my witch's journey for me because I needed it to kind of travel through the four seasons, it just felt easier for me to access those words. And I like that they're kind of rhymey and they sound nice and they had that kind of rhythm to it that I love and respect so much. So every one of the eight moon phases is imprinted on every one of the cards. So when you order the whole deck, you'll flip through two rainbows and every moon phase nearly 10 times because it's an 80 card deck eight phases of the moon and all of the keywords associated with each one of the phases. So if you want to be about the, the title of the card, if you know tarot really well, great. You've got it printed right on each card. Or if you'd rather be about the keyword to each card, that's printed underneath that. So each card is collaged with a color background with a moon phase that travels in a row. So you could use this as a flip book. It's meant to be ordered, reordered, shuffled, and put back together. So you could just have a flip book watching the phases of the moon as you flip this whole deck, because it's really pleasurable to watch those phases oscillate and roll by, reminding us that literally everything we're going through is a phase that will roll into another phase. And to kind of not take it too seriously and let it become the new phase. I love that because reading for clients, there can be such a deep, and understandably so, you know, but there can be such a deep seriousness that gets called in to those spaces and and those readings in a way that I think really activates us and can really activate a defense mechanism not speaking from any personal experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what they say. It's not, you know, that's what they say. That's what my clients think. <laughs> but I, to soften is to receive. Oh, wow. Please on a t-shirt and totes. Wow. To soften is to receive. And I really, I feel like I've learned that through many ways through your work that I'm enjoying myself. I am enjoying eating this fruit or drinking this witch's brew or, you know, flipping through these cards and my enjoyment, my pleasure with whatever I am doing. And I always love your phrase, everything is a spell. Any moment that I allow myself to enjoy or to receive or to just soften into something, it's like I actually really do get to experience, really do get to embrace and and receive and integrate that into my being. It's true. So I feel that very much with your deck, you know, like pleasure of seeing all those colors and feeling them. It calls to my child self my young artist self and it's like oh yeah i'm gonna flip this oh it's like what's this chartreuse color today like yes. what's that how can i work with that what is what does that remind me of Ooh, <laughs> you know <laughs> and it is very like in that you know some people call it kind of the woo woo you know ideas of witchcraft it's all about that 
going towards the embodied magic. Some of the stuff in the deck, though, and this is why I'm doing that YouTube series on how to create a tarot deck, some of it is very, like, educational, too. Like, for me, I learned about CMYK. I have no formal art education whatsoever. And I needed this deck to be a pure reflection of exactly who I am and where I am right now with the skills that I have right now. It's nice to be a 55-year-old witch where I realize there's value in saying, I don't have the privilege of education and information is given with exchange of money and that that can be really corrupt and scare people away from their exploration of their work. And please stay present for yourself in your not knowing and honor and love who you are and what you know right now. So I also got into, yes, right? Snaps, deep snaps, deep snaps. Where's my shaker? (laughs) Where can I shake? (laughs) Exactly. Sensory, sensory moment, sensory snaps. Dear listeners, if you heard that little portion just now that Angela was saying about honoring where you are at with your skills and still bravely going into your creative unknown, still following your wild calling. Oh, please, please take that with you for life. Like if you get nothing else from this podcast, that's it right there. That's the nugget right there. (laughs) That's so true. Like I downloaded Procreate for my iPad Pro and I'd never used an Apple Pencil before. And those are things that I needed to invest in for myself that I wanted to do. And I finally was challenged by the right witch at the right time and challenged in ways that are uncomfortable as well because of my household income being negatively impacted by basically capitalism and, you know, COVID. And so I had my feet to the fire and that motivated me in a really big way. And also it's nice to be older and to embody that not knowing out loud. I've had to really, really, really love myself and accept myself through this with what I don't know, because yeah, I'm just a person. I look at these people that are like gigantic accounts in the fields that I work in on Instagram and YouTube that are collage artists and all the things they do. And that, you know, lots and lots and lots of generations have collaged before. And as a first generation punk rock Gen X person, collage was my first form of expression, was my first form of creativity and artwork. And in my family, my big Catholic family that I was raised in, half of the people in my family are actually like educated, have their MFAs, went to really nice art schools, are practicing artists. And then there's weirdo little me hairdresser over here, this working class person who is saying, yeah, my art exists too. And it's been very healing for me to be who I am in my not knowing and who I am in what I'm discovering and discovering in my worldwide covenant out loud saying, I'm alive, my art exists, here it is. It's wild. 
And crowdfunding is a spell too, big time. We want to talk about spells. So going through talking about CMYK, color accessing, I had a friend that I hired for a short period of time who's also negatively impacted by COVID to help me access colors that I described. And it was all done social distancing through electronic devices, telephone calls and video chats, accessing these colors that would be easy to take to a printer. Because I'm in my first tarot moon year, I knew that being in the many moons lunar planner and telling the story of the last time the moon was full on Halloween night in 2001 as a practicing witch, my relationship and this wild spell enactment that happened with me and Mary and Lilith and Venus on that Halloween night, I felt like creating this tarot deck was a perfect, happy way for this year to round out in all of its pain and glory. It's a celebration. Inviting the public into it with crowdfunding, I didn't see coming. It was just something that was very necessary. And I'm glad that it was necessary because I was able to have to deal with receiving. (laughs) Softening to receive, honey. I really, really love hearing that, honestly, Angela, because the material, the practical, tangible aspects of creativity and bringing your art or your magic into the world often are so negatively framed. It's so true. It's so negatively framed. People want to love us. People want to love our work. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, you were talking about the strawberry and bean fields behind your house growing up. I think about, we don't curse that we have to till the land or to fertilize or prepare the soil for planting or anything like that in order to receive these gifts. And yet the idea of, you know, negatively framing that we need financial support and sustainability in order to do these magical offerings or share these works or share this art is very odd to me. It's very strange. Well, it's just the unsustainable things that are overlaid over nature, that suffocating stuff that white supremacy and late stage capitalism, their death knell, that screaming takes up a lot of air. We really have to create our own cushion around us of our truths. And being organized and moving with lunar light through those phases and moving through the eight phases of the, you know, wheel of the year, it helps me create that cushion of sustainability around me. Yeah, it's natural and normal to be nourished and need nourishment and celebrate nourishment. So I barely limped through my Kickstarter campaign. I was very lucky that I funded on the day before the last day with 103%, I ended it on the last day. And so I'm so grateful. But I also told the truth in my campaign about exactly how much it was going to cost me 
to create this deck and I created those good cushions in there. I've exceeded them. I've had a pretty low profit margin on this, but I'm excited. I almost have everything figured out in my Excel sheet, which I've never known how to use Excel before this either. So I've learned a lot, right? And why I chose the printer that I chose. All of this will come out in my YouTube series because I think it's really important that people know that they can create things that are sustainable, that are beyond the realm of, you know, Urban Outfitter picking up your deck. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. Knowing the platforms that you're working in. I'm not saying that Kickstarter is beyond capitalistic trappings. I'm not saying that at all. It's just a model that I'm learning to create through And it's helped me in my magic. It's helped me to accept love from other people. It's helped me to accept support from other people. That was something that shows me that it can be done sustainably. And so I'm just in a really super grateful phase, (laughs) really grateful phase right now. Finding out that the printer that I chose to work with and, and how they've been negatively impacted by the pandemic and how, you know, my choice to work with them has assisted them too. I know that this deck is a handful of grains that feeds many, many birds that disseminate this magic beyond in far flung fields, you know, to sow more magic into the world. I really, truly, truly believe that we will get through these times well if we keep ourselves and our circles nourished consciously. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I think that it's easy to underestimate that the individual choices, the mutual care on these very, very moment-to-moment, person-to-person connections but there's there's a lot there and i know so 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 many witches and art witches who are really working in their own ways it may not look like as visible on the the shadow ban realm of instagram but there's so many people doing this work and so many people showing up and caring and making decisions that are sustainable and mindful of reciprocity. You know, looking at, you know, the ways that this deck came into being in 2020, I really love aural magic. I love sound magic so much. It's part of why I just absolutely adore your magic and you as a person for your reverence for sound. I love ASMR and I practice it on my YouTube channel as well. And I adore the artwork of Leonora Carrington and a tarot spread came through me called the giantess. I called it after Leonora Carrington's artwork and gorgeous painting called the giantess. And that budged and moved a lot of the magic forward. I'm kind of blown away that my deck came out at the same time as right now the tarot of Leonora Carrington deck is coming out and you know the pandemic's changed all the rules to all of this I'm turned on to the artwork of Leonora Carrington through precious amazing artist and friend in my life that's a writer named um, Maritza K. Rubio who's the founder of Makara Center for the Arts and 
we have a wonderful creation that they made called Tarot and Tea, which is going to be transformed now that we don't gather in person anymore into a worldwide enactment because it'll be electronic and digital and virtual now. So we're lucky that we have some of Leonora Carrington's family that attends Tarot and Tea. And so there's all these magical intersections coming together right now that I just think are important to be stated. You know what I mean? It's just a really, really special time where that we're all struggling through together and there's a lot of glorious pieces to it. So I'm going to keep my magic weird and wild and free because that giantess tarot spread that I created that became the giantess ASMR video on my channel that became this beckoning for me to work harder on this tarot deck that I thought that I was creating just for my kids in case anything happened to me in this time of COVID. That became my friend Candace really like being sassy and bold and like, you have to do this deck, boo. It's just, I'm keep following the path of pleasure through all of these ways that the tower is falling all around us, you know? And it's not a cakewalk, you know? I produced my deck and my unique guidebook, and there's a radical, egregious typo on the tower card that rolled into the star card and the moon card that I think are just incredible portals, too. So it's letting the things that are supposed to be mistakes, which, of course, I'm correcting, and, of course, I'm mailing everybody out brand-new guidebooks, the tower card, I screwed up the Roman numeral on it and it became key 21, XXI, the world. Holy crap. Yeah, and so the star card, which should have been XVII, right, became XXII, became key 22, a brand new thing. And I wasn't able to see this without my friend Maritza, who generously created the foreword to my Moon Baby Magic Tarot unique guidebook, who's an amazing writer. And inside the foreword, they created their own tarot spread, which is for everybody that has the deck. It's so special. They alerted me to the fact that our world is the tower and those unsustainable truths are crumbling around us. And we are still beckoned to look up at the star, you know, look up to our celestial map, to our new reality, which is the old truths that we live in these bodies. We live in this cosmos. And then the moon card became X, X, I, I, I became key 23, something that doesn't exist, a new way of looking at it, this new moon card, right? A new initiation into a new time. And then I took it to a place of numerology with 23 is two plus three equals five. So I'm back to witchcraft. I'm back to those, that pentagram that has us traveling through the four directions and their corresponding elements. And the center of our altar is the fifth placement where spirit resides and spirit is us and we are spirit. So that's the ultimate portal right there, that pentagram. So, you know, letting the mistakes teach you, letting all of this become new portals, new access points that are beyond your expensive college degree or not, that are beyond your 
pedigree and your legacy or not that are beyond your naughty fucked up peers in my case or not let it keep going let it be a new access point the access points expanding as a result of letting the mistakes ride letting the imperfections guide ah yes 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 i mean really that is where so much of the work that speaks so deeply to us creative works artworks speak to us because they come from that other side of the threshold of the known world right your mind only knows what it's seen thus far yes and so then when you make mistakes what if that's just a transmission from the other side literally these imperfections or these quote unquote mistakes are really part of that kind of, this is where the life comes through the, like the new fresh energy or, or whatever you need to come through that you haven't seen before is through that quote brokenness. I know a lot of listeners are just starting to dabble their toes in these digital spaces you and I both make YouTube videos for my process. It takes me a long time to figure out what I want to put on YouTube. Yes. It's a very confusing space. Just to be real, dear listeners, if you've ever watched any of my videos, the cautious cancer son in me is constantly navigating that space and being like, should I go further out into the ocean of YouTube yes. or should I stay back on the shore? <laughs> I relate. I would love to hear your perspectives on especially this digital witchcraft work. I'm so honored that you asked. I have my opinion of the day. It's opinion du jour because it's always evolving and changing because those spaces are always evolving and changing. And they are major frat houses because we as women, queers, femmes, folks of color, really haven't been invited into how those spaces were created. Maybe things are changing now. Maybe they'll change in the future. But how those realms and how the World Wide Web was created was white man playground. And so that goes for Zuckerberg's Instagram. That goes for Google's um, YouTube. YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world owned by the first largest search engine in the world. It is a vast ocean sensation for you because it is a vast ocean. I think you're energetically feeling into how big it is. I've learned a lot through that Kickstarter campaign that I created, and it was hugely, hugely supported by the folks that I connect with on Instagram and YouTube. If we're together on YouTube, then you very likely supported my deck. It is I believe has the ability to be a very healthy digital portal for creators. I think the reason why it feels so epic when you're editing a video that you're going to upload is because there's ways that those videos can succeed that are based on somebody's algorithm that they invented. And I think that it's important to recognize if you're going to take the time to be in that frat house, to recognize like, will your efforts even be noticed? So YouTube wants to see you consistently working that platform for a year before they start shining your videos out into the world. 
They want to see uploads more than they want to see live streams. They want to see videos that are 11 minutes long, maybe 17. 11 minutes can be monetized. They'd like to see you monetize so you can create the Google AdSense model to overlay. They like when you create those tags in your videos. So basically, you know, like hashtags. And, you know, they want you to exist for more than a year because there's tons and tons of news and information, mathematical news and information about how many channels are birthed every single day that just sit there and no one contributes to. I think the vastness of the ocean is really intimidating. Energetically, we feel it in our body. So it's just about creating a consistent practice. I've been at it for a a solid year now. And it turned into mostly live streams because of the way this year was. It was harder for me to upload. Something changed in me when I created the Leonora Carrington devotion in the giantest ASMR spell that I created. Something changed in me, a relationship with Leo's spirit that is inside of my body now. And I'm in that dance hardcore. And I just urge people to see themselves in what they create in a YouTube channel. I urge people to create some sort of a practice that's sustainable. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about my channel for 2021. I have some new ways that I'll be kind of expanding my tarot spreads and my ASMR practice and pick a card. I love reviewing my peers' works and showing and shining a light of my peers' work. I've got 2,500 subscribers right now, which in the YouTube world is nothing. Every single one of those subscribers means so much to me. It's a pretty high engagement space because I've been doing those live streams. I know the people that are in that worldwide coven. It's a really special foundation. It's the soil. It's the well-fed soil. So we can do more. I'm open to more. And now that I feel like I have my deck because I've been doing tarot scopes in my live streams every single week for more than a year, I have a relationship with all my decks in a really big way that they sort of made space. It was kind of like a baby shower once Moon Baby Magic Tarot came in. And now I'm really excited to kind of like put my money where my mouth is and do my tarot scopes with my deck and some clarifying cards from other decks too. So if you're open to it, do you think your listeners would like me to pull a card for us right now? Absolutely. A little shuffle of my deck nothing major that's not too violent of a sound hopefully it's soothing for those of you who know angela's channel or who have not had a chance yet to acquaint with angela's channel the asmr videos are so so lovely i started them without an external mic too what a weirdo i didn't even know that there was such a thing i have a precious friend who's loon innate they have a really successful big youtube channel and we're friends in real life and we wanted to make a collab video together when they were in California last year. And they said during the live stream that we created, Oh, 
Angela's going to get an external mic and a different camera too. And I was so excited because I was using the first computer that I ever bought for myself. I was on hand-me-downs my whole life. And so I was like, oh, this MacBook Pro is so gorgeous and it sounds so good. Well, yeah, compared to the donkey ride that I was on before, sure. But let it unfurl with the equipment that you have. If you're held together with tape and staples, let it be. Like Support yourself with the works that you have. You have an audience out there. People want to know exactly who you are, and they're about seeing your evolution as well. So we've got a well-shuffled Moonbaby Magic Tarot deck. I've broken the deck with my left hand, as is tarot tradition, into three piles and back into one. And we'll pull off the top, and this is for the collective. If it's cool with you, we can do three cards, so there'll be three keywords. The first card will be you right now, our collective. The next will be the atmosphere around us. And the third card is a skill we can acquire to navigate these times. So card number one, I love this. This is the three of caves, a.k.a. the three of pentacles. So the key word to this is concatenate. And concatenate is bringing together of separate elements into a new thing, a combination, especially bodies of water. So the three of caves, the keyword is concatenate, and the moon phase on this card is the full moon. So this is about celebrating all parts of you that are coming together now in full view. And the color field is green. The keywords to the green color field are abundance, fertility, and home. The next card is the atmosphere around us. And I kind of wish we had smell-o-vision so you could see it, smell it, taste it, do a full roll around in it. This is the seven of caves. This is a new moon phase, right? We went from the full moon to the new moon. The key word on this card is ripen. This is that seventh month in your fertile journey where you still need to keep that fruit on the vine, but you can see it and you see the promise of it becoming and you still need to fatten it up and you still need to let its lungs develop. The color field is blue on this card and that's for ancestors, protection and truth. And the third card is a skill we need to acquire. This is the six of lasers. You're going to love this. The key word for this is adulation. This is really celebrating your gifts. This is about you doing the thing. This is you being seen and celebrated, having the manifestation in real life. The moon phase on this card is the waxing gibbous moon. This is the small calibrations that you need to do in order to receive the adulation for the work you're creating. Sixes are fabulous. We started with three and ended with a six. And I love witchcraft for beckoning us into that three times three times three exploration that whatever I give to thee comes back to me three times three times three. So I'm aware that three becomes six becomes nine so often in magic spells. I love magic combinations. So starting with the three and ending with the six tells us that we've got a ways to go till it's the final enactment, calibration, concatenation, and ripening is what's so important for us right now. 
So you just find your way to the cave, find your way to your sweet rose wet cave within, and you keep that small flame burning of your hope and your majestic beauty, which is the baby you inside. You keep that flame protected and nurtured through our winter. You keep yourself warm and safe in that cave and feed yourself the optimism and the joy of your magic. Even if that exists in the realms of how you are surviving and nurturing and licking your wounds through your trauma, that's to be celebrated too. Keep that flame protected and keep that cave warm for you. Your fruit is ripening. Your time, your adulation is coming. All parts of you are braiding together with your care. Oh my gosh, Angela, thank you so much for that transmission. You're so welcome. I feel so grateful for just being able to hear and receive your story, your experiences, your wisdom, your magic, the way that you move through the world and witness that. It's just such a joy to be in community with you and to create with you on this podcast. It just brings a smile to my face. I absolutely love, love, love your sound capturing, your sound cataloging, your sound for the many moons lunar planner. I believe that it's a binding spell from all of us that contributed really super particularly, you, Edgar, and I. I really believe that, too, because there's just been so many resonances and echoings from the point that I got invited into that project and has just continued on and on and everything this year. Like you and Edgar have both been such huge sustaining forces for me throughout this pandemic. We adore you. There's so much that you mentioned in this episode. There's so many ways for people to get in touch with your magic and to work with you and to support you. Would you please share all the many ways that you would like folks to connect? So I've created precisely one newsletter and I'm still going to direct folks to it because I have high hopes that that'll be a great portal and a way to keep in touch. I would ask, you know, kindly subscribe to my YouTube channel because it costs you nothing and it really literally means everything to me and my family. And then follow on Instagram. I am there daily and say hello to you in song every single morning. So Angela Mary Magic, and magic is spelled with a C-K, is my Instagram handle, my YouTube channel, and angelamarymagic.com is where all those things come together. If you go to angelamarymagic.com, you can sign up for my newsletter. You can be zipped over to my YouTube channel, and you can zip over to my Instagram page from there as well. Oh, Angela, this is so exciting. As always, I have the very final question I ask everyone on the podcast, which is what advice would you send to your younger artist self? I would tell she, they to call yourself an artist and a witch much sooner, to enjoy it more fully. Literally, that's it. 
just get into it, just go for it and embody those titles that you say without thinking that you have to have the degree and the expensive debt to prove that you did it. Just do it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. If you enjoyed today's episode of Art Witch, please consider subscribing or writing a review. Each and every little bit helps spread the word to more and more people.